Welcome back to the We Only Do One Take podcast. It's the only podcast in the world now, Kieran. That is a complete shit show. That's right, we have stepped it up. Hello. We are a world shit show now. I was going to say hello to all our Netherlands listeners. We had so many Netherlands listeners uh, last time for our last episode. Dan Rollies, everyone should check it out if you haven't. I am Turch, and with me as always, I don't have a joke here, Kieran, my co-host, my CEO, Kieran, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, doing excellent. That's the only thing I didn't do this week, write, write a joke there. <laughs> Normally I expect an insult. That's uh, true. Uh, sometimes they're nice. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that you got the prettiest uh, Ugg boots, Steve. That was something. Th- it, thank you very much. And, and I think I need to get a new pair of Ugg boots, but I don't want to bore the listeners. That's true. With uh, my new pair of Ugg boots that I probably should purchase. Well, I remember last time we were talking about the Ugg boots, you were saying that they're at that right stage where they're nearly about to fall apart, but they're really comfortable because they're perfect. We've gone past that point now, have we? Well, no, it's not that problem. It's just the weather's warming up a little bit, a little bit, and they're too warm to wear now sometimes. <sighs> Get on know? the moccasins, buddy boy. So, um, you know, that's that's the issues I'm dealing with So a new pair life. of Havianas it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> so total, total 180. Yeah, uh, but anyway, Kieran, like I said, all our Netherlands listeners, holy crap, I don't know what we did last episode. It must have been the huge talk we had at the end about... Uh, schools and funding and all that other fun stuff. No, I'm pretty sure it was the Rollies campaign. <laughs> the Rollies the campaign. The Rollies that brought in the Netherlands listeners. Well, they, I, I hope so. Well, look, hopefully they stick around and listen to the next uh, four million episodes of this show. So I, I think we'll get there. <laughs> but speaking of uh, four million episodes, coming up is our big 40th episode. That's right. Our mid-podcast mid, crisis. Mid-podcast crisis. That's what we're going to be calling it. And we have something very special for all the listeners out there. We're trying to work on it. We're going to start working on it today. That's right. Turch is my chief operating (laughs) officer, my COO. My COO. (laughs) Coo. Not to be mistaken with the coup that's happening in the Australian government at the moment. Well, that's... (laughs) Remember, remember, when we change prime minister, change your smoke alarm. Oh, okay. So every six months... (laughs) I was actually thinking about that. This is going to date the episode, but we always do. Um, We haven't had a prime minister in power that's done the whole term since John Howard. Yeah, I know. Which is and he did twelve years in power. Yeah, twelve years is the boss. Twelve years is the boss. But now we can't even last. What was it? I think it was. We can't even last three years. I was going to say three years. I don't think England two and a half something. England. I think it's they. They voted in for five years. Uh, from memory, I think so. Yeah, five years. America's four. With, with see, three years is too too short. We can we just vote them in for ten years and forget about it. Five. I think five's good. Yeah. Okay. I think five. You can actually get some stuff done. Actually, if we're going five, I'm going to be putting my hand up to become a senator because that's ten years of guaranteed pay. And then you can retire. Yeah, and be and on the pension. Continue on that pay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I, we're up here for thinking. Well, the we only do that. one take podcast. will be entering politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'll actually just be in this form as well. <laughs> this is our contact to uh, when we go up to Parliament. It's just actually us two yelling at each other for an hour, and then they say, "Speakers, please uh, be quiet while I'm <laughs> talking." I have a friend who works in uh, politics. He's like an audio tech guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he was talking about how. Uh, they did like this, like mic revamp or something like that. I'm probably doing the story injustice, and I'm probably making half this stuff up. But let's Beautiful. just roll with it. It sounds good. So far. <laughs> <laughs> I know he listens to the show, so I thought I'd just, I thought I'd just. He's about ten episodes behind, but he'll catch up. Uh, but he does some mic stuff work, and he was talking about uh, how oh, they did this thing with the mics. Anyway, they told they told like the speaker of the house or something. So there's like three options. Number one. Uh, you can control all the mics. Uh, option number two, the politicians themselves can turn their mics on and off. And, and then option three was, we'll have the audiologists turn mics on and off. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And they said, well, definitely the politicians are not allowed to... Those buttons <laughs> on their desks where they sit, they're not allowed to be able to control them. They're not allowed to turn on their own mics. And the speaker's too lazy so they went, we control all the money. We'll just pay, the, <laughs> pay someone else to we'll do it. We'll just pay someone else to do it. That is always the best option when it comes to these sort of things. Kieran, as always, we always love to start our episodes off with a rant. I do. And apparently, okay. all you right. have one. So I, I do. Because I think I have one too, but I think yours is 
far more interesting. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I've been in this firm belief in this world that we don't have the problems that America has with free speech. Now, I know they talk about universities and how universities are being taken over. And, um, it's goddamn commies. That's, that's yeah, what you know, all, all of that kind of stuff, right? Um, and I sort of go, and I've got, got some friends who are, you know, who are a bit on that bandwagon. And I'm just going, yeah, but I, I just don't see it here in Australia. Like, I just haven't come across it. What, I, people suppressing free speech or people... Like not having what? Like what do you mean by that? Well, I just mean like, um, and especially the university that I go to and the people I'm surrounded with, we're constantly criticizing one another. Like we're constantly just telling each other how crap each other's work is. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. And we will sit and listen to diet. Like, like no one is censored. That's that's basically what I'm trying to say. No one is no one is censored. Censored. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway, so I woke up to this feed about Latrobe University. Right. Right. And um, that a speaker, the Liberal... Uh, uh, Liberal Party. Ca- Liberal Party campus, the Latrobe University Liberal Club. Yeah. Is bringing in a speaker. Beautiful. Great. All right. Uh, Bethany Art. And something. Anyway. Nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Constant criticism. <laughs> Uh, 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 anyway, I can't pronounce the last name. Beautiful. Anyway, uh, and she's coming in to talk to the university. Is there a rape crisis on university campuses? Yeah. Now, to put this into context, the Human Rights Commission wrote a report, uh, released it last year, and said that there um, was this sort of problem with uh, females being sexually assaulted on campus, right? Yeah. Okay, and fair enough, right? And and universities have taken action, and and we don't support or condone any of that. Of course, yeah. That, that type we don't, of condone, don't do. We don't condone any studies done on. Is that what you're saying? No, or I'm you just, mean the rape part? No, I'm just <laughs> saying the sexual like, harassment, like part. the sexual harassment part. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like if you if you do that, I don't want anything to do with you. That's right. Um, now it's interesting. So she's coming in to talk about is there a rape crisis on university campuses? She's a, a clinical psychologist. She's a sex worker. Right. Um, wow. What? Are, what she, both? Oh, sorry. Not a sex worker. She's a sex therapist. Sex therapist. Okay. That's. I'm gonna put that there, Kieran. Subtly different job title. <laughs> anyway, this is why we have to go into politics together. Because I would do like a 15 minute speech and stuff it up. Uh, he did not mean to call anyone a sex worker. He really meant sex psychologist. Uh, He's the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, so she's a sex therapist, and also um, she's also uh, she's done decades of research on date rape and sexual harassment. Yeah, and she's also concerned about the Me Too campaign, right? Uh, and some of the things that that's that's uh, causing. Anyway, Latrobe University ended up banning the speech, so this was meant to go ahead last month, right? Right, and. For me, I'm going. Hang on a second. This is a this is a a, a club. Yeah. And she and one of the reasons I think it's interesting. I would go along and actually hear her. Yeah, of course. And I'd be interested to hear what she has to say. I, I and I sort of make my judgment on going because I know she's a researcher and she's also mm. a psychologist. She's probably actually going to. Well, there's going to be some stats. There's going to be some research. Some gonna, yeah, she not, might have done something herself. It's just not a, someone commentating, nah. spouting their opinions, yeah, yeah, yeah. which it, it could be. But I was quite disappointed to hear that the university has actually shut down free speech. And so there's a number of, there's a number of students who don't want this speech to go ahead. Fair enough, they're right. Okay. But a part of mine, part of, I'm going, hang on a second, this is what universities are about. They are about free speech and listening to people's and their ideas, and then if you don't agree with it, mm. then put up an argument. That's when, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the speech is going on. Good. It's going back on, but the club has been told that they will have to pick up the security bill. Yeah. Anyway. That's fair. I mean, I mean, you know, that's what happened. Oh, look, I went to see, what, Milo Yiannopoulos mm. last time he came to, yep. into Melbourne, and, um, you know, quite a big protest, this and that. I didn't agree with everything that he said. Yeah. But if I didn't... You know, I, I've read a, a bit about him, heard a bit about him, lots of... I've uh, seen a few interviews and seen a few things he's been on. I thought, let's go see him in person. Mm. 
Because at the end of the day, you've got to hear... Ev- you said it before. You've got to hear everyone's opinion, everyone's point of view. Uh, and when, you, like when you only see it on TV, you're, or you're only seeing snippets. Yes. Yeah, the thing with her, right? The thing with her, and I did a little bit more investigation. I thought, this is really, this is really interesting. She's actually disputing the methodology that was used by the Human Rights Commission. So she's talking about the definitions that they've used to define things to talk about their stats. And you know what? I've and actually I've actually read something about this, finally you bring this up, because when people bring this sort of stuff up, and I do remember uh, someone talking about the Human Rights Commission stats on this, and the, the definition they gave for, for example, sexual harassment, they included something like a person staring at another person in passing. Yeah. And with that was countered to an action of sexual harassment within a university ground, for instance. Mm. So the definition was so broad that basically any kind of interaction with another human almost counted towards um, sexual harassment in their study. Which is, which, which is, is very broad, which is like not it, it is, precise. It, it is a very broad, and I, I'm going, this is, this is quite interesting because to me, this is not reading the report and only, you know, because I heard the stat, I think it was like one in six or one in five. Yeah, uh, which, ha- which you think to yourself, that's insane. Has experienced on cam- university campuses, yeah. experienced like sexual assault or, or, yeah, or yeah. Whatever, whatever the term was. And to me, I'm going, am I living in a bubble? Like, Well, I thought the same sort of am thing. Am I living in a bubble? Have I'm, am I totally unaware that this is, this is existing? And I'm like, I, I, there's got to be an element that, that extreme things are going on. Of course. Right? But I'm just like one in five. He'd... And it wasn't just one in five females. It was one in five across the board, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, or very subtle, like one in four women, one in six men or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, we, we, we met at university. You know, there was a bunch of six blokes <laughs> sitting around a table. Yeah. That means one in six of us potentially could have experienced sexual harassment while we were there. I've never heard of it. And that, I mean, look, that's a personal anecdote from from what we've experienced. I've been, I've been in the bloody system for 10, 11 yeah, years. doing, yeah. And I'm just going, I've never come across, am I living in a bubble? Like, yeah. so, anyway... Really interested to hear hear what she has to say because, like I said, I I don't discredit in a way discredit, but I think I just have a feeling that this one in five is a bit of an overreach. I think so. I think it's it's, it's I think I talked about this ages ago, which was like the uh, the pay gap. Mm. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I've talked about you about it, and you know, coming from a finance background, coming from a uh, to my time in payroll and this and that, and you look at the understanding of why that difference occurs. It's not because it's male and female. It's because of a whole bunch of different, you know, variables within a person's life that makes that number what it is. But not understanding why and just blaming it on one thing can cause lots of issues. And I think maybe, you know, the liberals, what's that? That's more left-leaning, I guess. The Liberal Party? Yeah. No, it's more. I'm sorry, right wing in Australia. Sorry, yeah. my mistake. I'm sure that they're bringing this woman here to debunk something that I guess the left side don't want to see. Well, and it's 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 really maybe, maybe potentially yeah. maybe. But anyway, this is the first. This is my first evidence. So I've gone. Holy shit! This is actually happening. This is now happening in Melbourne. Yeah. I was like, whoa! This is actually happening. And I'm really, I'm really glad that the pressure was put on Latrobe to go. You know what? Hang on, we are going to allow um, because any academic, when they if they get an employment at a university, part of their employment clause is that they will support free speech, and they they wow. will support the freedom of academics. Well, that's good. That's good to hear, especially for Australian academics and, and like stuff that like is that. part of their employment clause, and you just can't. You know, one of the that's it's one of the special things about universities is it's about. Put up an argument. Don't put up the politics or the slogans. Well, the whole point of a university is to do the research needed for decisions and policy and all that sort of stuff to be to be made, to be accurate. I mean, that's what we that's what they're funded to do, especially at the higher well, to get to levels the, to get to the closest approximations to the truth. Exactly right. And again, if this person's bringing something to the table that other people don't like. 
it goes against a narrative that they've you know put up then obviously they're going to try and shut that person down i mean i mean look another one another two people that came to australia recently was um lauren southern and uh oh what's the gentleman's name uh stefan molyneux yeah never heard of him anyway more i guess more uh, uh, St- uh lauren southern very right wing um stefan molyneux sort of in the center probably a little bit more right wing when it comes to free speeches they tried to stop them from coming into the country Mm. You know, and that's like even like you know, um, was a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago now. Donald, like you know, the city of London was trying to stop Donald Trump from coming into the into the country. Yeah, and it's like, well, look, if he's coming into the country and you've got other politicians there that may disagree with him, may agree with him, tell your politicians to put up the argument. I don't think people realize that when you actually stop someone. So I would never have known this would have occurred. Yeah, until. It basically, you know, got banned. And as good yeah, as it got exactly banned, right. I'm like, hang on a second. I want to go talk to this person. I'm like, now I actually yeah. want to go to it. Yeah. Like, I would have I would have probably seen it and gone, oh, yeah, that's yeah, interesting, well, that's whatever. Interesting, yeah. No, not going. Now, because people have tried to ban it, I'm like, I really want to know what this person has to say yeah. now. Yeah. And I don't think people realise that if they try and ban something, it can become way more popular. Well, that's the Barbra Streisand effect. You know what that is? No. Okay. So, this is one of my favourite things. So, Barbra, so the Barbra Streisand effect is basically what's happening to this lady. The Barbara Streisand. So back in the day, this photographer took a photo of the beach and had some houses in the background. And he went to all these houses and go, look, your house is in my photos. It's going to be sold off as this package. Everyone said yes, except for one house. And that house would belong to that singer. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. So she kicked up a, st- a stink. And because of that, it went in the newspaper and they used his photos. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone found out that that was her house and yeah. this and that because she caused such a ruckus yeah of something that was so you know he's just like i just took a couple of photos i've even asked for your permission i really don't have to even though i'm just taking photos of a beach and with it you know but he tried to do the right thing backfired for him he she tried to do something you know to get him in trouble backfired completely on her made her look like a fool and that's the Barbra Streisand effect, which is happening right now, which is really funny. The Barbra Streisand effect. It's really interesting. It's great. So, Church, who's our Prime Minister at the moment? Uh, <laughs> um, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Kieran, I have a rant that's not as serious. <laughs> yeah, we started this really... Real uh, <laughs> that's all right. Let's go real dumb. Let's go for a Church rant. Real dumb. Real dumb. Let's <laughs> We got this in the bag. So, uh, remember two two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we met up for a couple of drinks down down Brunswick Way, and before that, um, mm. Jess and I went to dinner. It was a lovely dinner. We went to an Asian restaurant close mm-hmm. by to the bar. We got there. Uh, a table wasn't exactly ready yet, so we had a couple of drinks. You know, we're, we're in an Asian restaurant. Yeah, Singapore sling. Yep. I'm on it. Yep. Yeah. Ordering some beers on the Singapore sling. Forty five dollar banquet. For the little head banquet, that is just six, six or seven courses. Ooh, six or seven courses. Fantastic. Bring it out. Keep bringing things out. More drinks, this and that. And then, just before we left, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to another bar. Want to? I've had a couple of drinks. I might just have a glass of water. Just to, okay. Oh, okay. Just you're, to, you're being sensible. Just a sensible. You know, sensible what, to what, it, right? Just, just to cleanse the palate. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Especially like if you're swapping from like a, you know a cocktail. So you didn't go for the sorbet. You went for the water. Yeah, I went for the water. Okay. I'm not a big sweets person. Yeah, so but the sorbet cleanses the palate too. I understand you know? that. I'm from Italy, buddy boy. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been to a restaurant where we've had multiple courses where, you know, you're like, work from the outside in with the cutlery, yeah. right? Which I did stuff up because I was, didn't realize that one of them I had to use twice. <laughs> ah, that's... Anyway. Rookie error. Or maybe I didn't need to use it the first time. Anyway, I but don't know. I got a, I, I, I but we had sorbet to always, cleanse the palate. It's always good. Yeah. It's always good. But nonetheless... Uh, I said to the, the waitress, hey, look, can I just have some water? And Jess like, yeah, I'll have some water too. Um, she's like, yeah, no worries at all. She takes away our drinks. Because I was swapping over to beer when we got to the bar. Mm. But I was having cocktails. So cleanse the palate. Start afresh. They charged you for the water. No, 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 no. And she comes over with two glasses and a bottle of water. Not enough I, ice. And I pour the water. And it was it was tap water. Yeah. Lukewarm. Well, it's free. What do you expect? I mean, you know what? if you wanted it cold, you have to pay for it. 
I think, as, as a, especially a nice restaurant. Oh, this was at the restaurant. This is at the restaurant. I thought you went to another bar. No, Sorry. no, I went to, we're still at the restaurant, finishing off dinner, cleansing yeah. the palate before we went to the to the bar to meet you. Fellas. Oh, when they bring water out to your table, don't they? Don't they? Should, uh, wait, are we talking? Should, shouldn't it be cold? Should, is this not? So this is a bit of a fancy restaurant. It's a nice restaurant. It's a nice restaurant. So they should have cold water then. Yes. <laughs> All I want is a restaurant that's a not, like, you know, I'm spending good money, spending this and that, uh, to, you know, for a nice night out after a cold beer and after a cold drink. All you want, and all I want is a cold Are they of water. pouring the water? Well, this is a differentiation. Are they pouring the water? Yes, they poured the water. So for they're me. not putting the water on the table no. for you to pour? Because if they put the water on the table for you to pour, that's warm. That is warm water. Yeah, no, no. That no. is lukewarm water. No, it's, it's a two thing. So they gave. But if they're pouring the water, hmm. it should be cold. Well, they gave. They had a bottle of water. They poured it for us and left the bottle for us to enjoy for the rest of the night. You know what I mean? Okay. But it still was warm. And so it should have come out of the fridge. Yeah, it should have come out of the fridge. Or you know what? If you're coming, you know it's lukewarm. Put a couple of ice cubes in the glass. You're bringing the glasses out at the same time. I I can't I oh. It pissed me off. I'm like, this ruined, almost ruined my night. Possibly the and entire I hadn't even evening. seen you yet. I knew it was going to go downhill. <laughs> and I thought to myself, if this is going to how my night's going to start. <laughs> With lukewarm water. Oh, <sighs> I mean, you've served me lukewarm water right now, and I'm, I'm not what? complaining. That's cold, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. It's the alcohol. That's the that's the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong bottle there. Wrong bottle Wait, there. Let me Let me just test this. Hang on. Let's... Oh, that is that is cold. That is that is that is excellent service. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't skimp on the water, buddy boy. <laughs> That's good. That's you're promoted to uh, chief operating officer. Uh, coup again. <laughs> <laughs> Double coup. <laughs> That's fair. You know what? I I hear you on this campaign, oh. and it's almost like being charged for sauce. Yes, yes. You know, you you buy like a pie. Yeah. Wait, wait. At a restaurant, or you mean like you know, if you go buy to buy a pie from like a server, you go from buy pie. Just when you're buying a pie, the sauce should be free. They should. I'm feeling that they should include the price of the sauce, whatever. In the, I just want to pay once. Like I don't want to be. And you want? Yes. Just include it. Give it to me. Yeah. So if a pie's like you know, how much is the pie? Four or five bucks? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They should just go four dollars fifty, and that includes the sauce. Yeah. Done. I agree with that. Like complete. We should start a campaign. <laughs> How many campaigns can we start this episode? I want to uh, free speech, cold water, free sauce. <laughs> well, I went out for dinner. Have you ever been to Dexter's? No. Dexter's is that, in is that the burger place? Oh my god! All right, all right. Oh. Next on the menu, but Kieran. Oh. Enough talk about free sauce, free uh, cold water, and free speech. Yeah. Do you have an article for us? I do. I do. Uh, by the way, Dexter's. The chicken burger. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the way my to go. God. There you it go. It's amazing. Um, Sponsor us now, Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. I'm totally. Organ- there we go. Uh, Publix. No, no. There we go. Got the article. Alrighty. Federal marshal is removed from plane, cuffed, uh, and then uh, cuffed because he flashed a gun. A federal he flushed a gun like that. <laughs> okay, continue. Good. We're on the same page. Kieran can't talk tonight. A, <laughs> f- I mean, you know in America how they have the air marshals, right? Yeah. Right, you know, to protect the people, blah, blah, you know. Yeah, but with guns. With guns, yeah. yeah. A federal air marshal flashed a gun in flight, prompting police to remove him from the plane upon arrival at the Twin Cities airport and handcuffed him on the tarmac along with fellow marshal authorities right. on Tuesday. The apprehensions occurred Monday night after the non-stop United Airlines flight landed in Minneapolis uh, at the International Airport. The marshal was on official business on board the flight, <laughs> official business, <laughs> and was mistaken for a passenger by a flight attendant. Uh, protocols for notification of law enforcement present on board an aircraft are in place to avoid incidents like this. Yeah. T- TSA is working with the airline to determine the specific circumstances in this case. However, communication between the cockpit and MSP control tower that was captured by the... the uh, Who cares about the website? Mm-hmm. Revealed that it was confirmed on board fairly quickly that both men were federal air marshals and one of them actually showed our flight attendant his gun. 
Well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so these guys could have... Air marshals aren't supposed... Air marshals... All right. So I don't know much about air marshals. I've done a little bit of reading on air marshals, right? Did you be doing lots of research this year? <laughs> <laughs> air marshals, uh, they're not on every flight, okay? That makes sense. They're only on what... It's an algorithm, high-risk flights, deemed yep. to be high-risk or, yep. or whatever it is, right? That makes sense because every flight I've been on with this beard... Yeah. There's plenty of air marshals. <laughs> yeah. And um, air marshals, you're not supposed to be able to pick them. Now, the only reason you'd pick them is because they're not drinking alcohol. So when you're a, when sense. you're a terrorist, right, and you're going to bring down an airplane, you've got to then go, well, who's not drinking alcohol on this flight? Me and all my other friends. <laughs> yeah, right? So that's, that's... And they're probably in business or first. Okay. Right? Well, you know. Because they've got long flight, you know. Yeah. Not always, but most of the time they're in business or first. Um, okay. But they're supposed to be like everyone else. Like, you're not supposed to know who they are. And from what I understand, the, the flight attendant, like one flight attendant or something like that, knows who it is. Right. But, like, none of the other flight attendants know. Yeah. And so, like, but it's like, they shouldn't even be showing their gun. And if there's... You, I was going to say, can you bring a gun? Well, I believe there's special bullets as well. Can you? But can you bring a gun onto a... Flight. Well, an air marshal can. Well, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, an but, like, I'm saying like, but an air marshal, right? Let's just say there was an incident on board. Yeah. Right. They don't even jump in. Really? Yeah. So the the so what happens is because if there's an incident on board, right, the air crew have to con- like have to contain it. Right. And then the captain has to come out, or the pilot has to try and contain it. Right. The, the air marshal won't even jump in because it could have been a diversion for someone else to then come in and go, is there an air marshal on this flight? And to put the air marshal at risk. So an air marshal... Interesting. Yeah, an air marshal, even if there's an incident on board, won't jump in straight away. Right. So, but he caused the incident. Well, in this one, he caused the incident because <laughs> he showed his gun. What a man, what a guy. <laughs> Which is not supposed to do. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed. People aren't supposed to know that number one, you either look like a criminal by showing them a gun, or that you're an air marshal. You're not supposed to be compromised. It is the. It is supposed to be the cruisiest job. So he just lost. Because even because even if there is an incident on board, you don't do anything. You don't do anything. Not until the airplane is about to like go into the ground. What an idiot! <laughs> that's all I can say. That's what. That's what I mean. Like he's he is an idiot because he's. Got rid of the. What's your job? Oh, getting paid to you know travel, travel in business class, fly you know ten hours to another exotic part in the world. Going to watch all these movies while I'm on board. Yep. And hold a gun. Eat delicious food. <laughs> Airline food. Oh, uh, first class. Yeah, if you're yeah. business or first. There you go. If, I mean, I flew business once. Well done. I'm have, very proud of you. Have you been in business? I have not. All right. It is. I've I've been, I've been ruined by my. Of my course. trip in business. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to save that up a little bit until when I'm a, when I'm when I'm old enough to really. Right now, I can like I can sleep on a train, so sleeping on a plane is is no issue at all. Yeah. See, my my problem is I'm really worried when I become like a millionaire because mm. I'm going to be the fattest fuck I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just going to like just balloon out because I'm going to be like fuck it. I'm eating out every night. I'm doing like first yeah. class travel. Yeah. When I was there, like the amount of food I ate. I can imagine. It, <laughs> it was just like, I was full and I'm like, there's still like two more courses and desserts. Like, <laughs> well, I'm never, I'm never going to do this again. Like, bring it out. <laughs> oh. oh, Kieran, I can tell just by that story. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about my trip to Bali. Okay. Um, oh. I went to Bali with, with Jess a, a couple of year, a, year, a year ago or so, and we got picked up by the airport and so the, the hotel. And the gentleman driving us was really lovely. Yeah, yeah. And something was about a bit about Bali, this and that. And he looked at Jess, and Jess's got pretty fair skin in comparison to me, my Italian olive complexion. And she goes, oh, where, what, where, where are you from? Where's your family from? And I was like, oh, Jess, like, oh, I'm Australian, obviously, but my parents are from Germany, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then he looks at me, and I, I, I've got, I'm sporting quite a nice beard at the moment. It's looking, it's, it, it's filling out, which is lovely, but it was my 
real big holiday beard at this point. Ah, the holiday beard. And ge- and, and the gentleman goes up to me and goes, what about you? And I go, oh, I'm Italian. He goes, no, you look Arab. You know who you look like? You look like Osama Bin Laden's brother. <laughs> what a compliment. What a compliment. What a compliment. Because he is a fashionable icon. Oh, you know it. You know it. You know it. Uh, so, Kieran, you speaking of beautiful, handsome men, you Thank were you. on the, uh, the open, I guess the open dating market yes have you sunk as, to, as low as to go on to apart from tinder which you know yeah the modern uh, um have you gone onto the dating websites at all the dating websites i am known to appear on the dating websites <laughs> oh. from, from time to time oh we might have to get a story out of you <laughs> later on but i got a story here about a woman who uh put her name down to a a dating website and then i've got some real funny information about dating websites now, is this an app or is this like one of those like e-harmony well let, let's go on to the article let's okay so not it's, it's titled not enough fish and uh, not enough fish women successfully sues dating agency over <laughs> lack of men <laughs> how the fuck are you successful let me continue <laughs> it only gets better 70, uh, 73rd... Teacher successfully sues government School, yeah. for idiots yeah. <laughs> in classroom. 7030, which is the name of the website, misled Teresa on true number of males, male members, the judge rules. Okay. So, the divorcee seeking a wealthy boyfriend has won £13,100 in damages from an elite dating agency after it failed to introduce her to a match she hoped would be possibly the man of my dreams and the father of my children. So she sued uh, 7030 on on deceit and misrepresentation. On Wednesday, the High Court ruled uh, it had been misled the businesswoman about being an exclusive membership. So um, uh, Teresa, who's 47 is a mother of three who lives in Chelsea, which is pretty upper class sort of thing, approached the dating service in 2013 in the pursuit of a new partner. Her requests were not modest, the judge observed. She wanted a sophisticated gentleman, ideally employed in the finance industry. It was important that he should lead a wealthy lifestyle and be open to travelling internationally. Her most important requirement was a willingness to have more children since she has always wanted four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was encouraged by what she read about 7030 and eventually signed up paying $12,600. So, so this reminds you, she, she, wants wow. another, she wants another child and she's 47. Yeah. That's rough. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's real bad. Real bad. So, so she obviously won this case. On the saying that the site misled her, so it, um, uh, this false uh, this was false and misleading. The judge said because there were only about one hundred active male members altogether on the site. The number could not, by any stretch of the imagination, be described as substantial number, even without considering how far that number would have to reduce to allow for the compliance of her criteria. So this whole dating website for elite singles. Did she pay twelve thousand up bucks. front or just over the well, time? Well, since two thousand and thirteen. So wow. I should mean, spend like four, four, five years. I would divide that up, you know. So a couple of grand a year. But I guess you know you're paying for a service. We're in the wrong business. I know, right? <laughs> we're we're in. So she was paying a couple of grand a year to find. A partner who was well off enough, obviously, to join this side bin. But out of the whole pool of people on that dating website, there was only 100, 100 men looking for a well-off partner. Yeah, right. Which kind of makes sense to me. Do you know what? We, did, two, this, we, sort of, we did this psychology research, right? Less choice is better. Because you're not overwhelmed by the choice. And in fact, the less there is, <laughs> the better. Because we, we know this yeah. from... Apple does it great because they give you... You've got three different types of computers. Yeah, yeah. Once you've picked that one, then you've got three it's, other it's, options. It's, then you pick that one. Deci- and then you've got three other options, right? In, in a supermarket thing, I remember being called decision fatigue, where you get so overwhelmed with so many choices, you can't actually make a decision. You get stressed out. 
and you go, and then you don't purchase. And you don't purchase. But if you've got two or three options, like you said, easy to make a decision. Yeah. So I found that really interesting because one, I would say that most dating websites wouldn't actually tell any of their clients how many people are on the site. Because at the end of the day, like that's they're betting on you going there because that because you're thinking that they've got everybody, Mm. you know. And obviously, paying for an exclusive service like this, what you're getting is you're filtering out all the rubbish and only having the top end that they're using this site. Well, seventy thirty did it it had a terrible lawyer. Yeah, I I know, I know. (laughs) In (laughs) so I thought to myself, okay, so this woman. Out of a hundred potential males, let's just say, like, even if five of them are worthwhile over this five years, so one a year to try and date, that's quite a bit of money to sort of, you know, spend to try to meet a person. Because I'm sure if she just went out and did things, she'd probably meet someone. Mm. You know, just just as a general sort of thing, like you know, it, I thought to myself, I wonder if there's statistics out there. Oh, <laughs> about um, the ratios of male one male to female, but to what people thought about each other on dating websites. Yeah, because at the end of the day, she's saying like you know, yeah, you have to be quite well off in this and that. But I'm sure one of the things was yeah, this guy. What is, probably- is she offering? That's what I want to know. What is she offering? Well, look, I got a picture of it. I got a picture of it. So <laughs> this is the start. Um, but I'm assuming that she'd want a, a quite an attractive gentleman that's also well off because you know she, you can go yeah I want someone in the finance industry to live a wealthy lifestyle that travels a lot and wants another child. Eddie Murphy said this really great. And, in- but if he's an ugly fucker, she's probably going to go not interested. Anyway, this is the this is the lady here. Sorry, it's just such a small photo. You can zoom in and all that sort of stuff. Um, she's 47. Mm-hmm. You know. Not an unattractive woman, but How you know. How do you define mediocre? It's subjective. Ah, uh, well. Okay. You were saying an Eddie Murphy quote, but then I'll get to my statistics. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eddie Murphy put this really well in uh, one of his stand-ups. Basically, he said, if if you want to date someone who's really wealthy, your job is to fuck them. Yeah. That is your job. Yeah. If that's your criteria, I want to marry someone who's fucking loaded. Yeah. Your job is to fuck them. Yeah, pretty much. I've, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That is your job. So, I thought to myself, can I find any data regarding looks Mm -hmm. and the intercommunication of people on dating websites? And this is now archived because I'm pretty sure that they took it down. But I remember seeing some of this data ages ago. And I I finally found it again. And this so happened that this article, this article came out like last week, but I've been holding off on it because I wanted to make sure I understood this data. And I'm trying to summarize it because it was quite extensive. eHarmony in in the uh, America, one of the biggest dating websites, got oh no, sorry, OkCupid, okay, my mistake, got all this information from all their members. And they've got one of the largest bases of of members on their site. And what they did was. They wanted to find out how people rated each other and the cross-communication of people... Or or what pictures would make people look more attractive. Mm -hmm. And then the response rate of how often they would get interconnected. Right, With males and females. Yeah. Really good. Huge sample size. But like, you know, 10, 20,000 people they had on their dating website. That's pretty small. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, almost representative, am I right? Really interesting. So, what they did was, the first thing they did was see the... Because you can rate people personally on this dating website. So, if you see a person come up, you can rate them on a scale of one to five. So, zero being not attractive at all, or least attractive. Five being the most attractive here. So, look at this chart. So, this is what males rated female attractiveness over the site. So we're, you, we're saying just, we're saying zero is not a, one is yeah like zero is least attractive yeah and five is most attractive. Can you describe to me what that graph sort of shows? It's an upside down bell curve. It's a bell curve. Oh wait, sorry, it's, not it's an a proper upside. bell curve. It's a regular kind. <laughs> sorry, it's not enough. <laughs> but isn't that amazing to think? So at two point five, an average woman, most men that that bell curve sort of shape shows it's a bell curve shows a. A perfect alignment. Men would go, 
yeah, most women are in the middle, and the, at the top end, there's just as many least attractive people as the most attractive people. How, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, you know, but that's exactly, you think about it, exactly what you think you would see as a, as a statistician. Yeah, it's a bell curve. Perfect. Great. And so going on from that, results continue to be as you say. So, they say how many pe- how many males, what what type of women are males messaging to try and go for that first date into connection this and that. And you can see here uh, two thirds of the male or two thirds of messages that males send out go to the top one one third of women, which makes sense. Yeah, you know, because okay. you're going to go. Oh, this person's really attractive. I'm going to send them a message. So men who think are the most attractive, they're sending out the most messages. Yeah. No, no, okay. no. The, 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 the uh, men. Yeah. Are sending out messages to the most attractive women. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even touched. That's okay. basically what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's flip it. Okay. And they've gone, hey, let's look at the data of what women say about right. men. Okay. And then let's put out the same sort of thing. So I haven't got the exact graph, but I've got the graph here. Now, what you're looking at is is the dotted graph. Okay. So this is the uh, what females rate men. Again, least attractive, most attractive, zero to five. Where does this? What does it? This uh, the dotted line one. What does it show? It is what we call uh, positively skewed. <laughs> Which is not to be confused in being in a positive manner. Women are uh, uh, rating most men... At a one. At least attractive. One. Yeah, one. Most men are, are, are a one. Yeah. Are a one out of five. Yeah. So I would Which say... is either men are not caring about the pictures that they put up... Or women are super, super picky... Yeah. About men look way more than men are about women's looks... Yeah. Which is incredible. So you would say, like, comparatively, like, you know, the men one, it's basically 50-50 down the middle. Attractive, not a, not that attractive. Mm-hmm. In that, you would say almost 70% women find men, 70% not in the, in, in the more attractive yeah. part of the, the, of, the, of the statistics. Wow, that's amazing. But going on that, it's the same sort of thing. Women are still messaging <laughs> like a bell curve attractive people as well as much as they are least attractive people. Yeah. I found those statistics just absolutely fascinating. And I thought to myself, if she's doing this, like, you know, if that's representative mm-hmm. and she's doing that and you know, she's got a far smaller pull, give her, give her that, she's rating 70% of that men on that side. That fit her description as least attractive, as not attractive enough for her to date. She's still got thirty to choose from. Well, that's if they match. So let's say let's just go down to ten. I mean, she's got three to choose from. Like I said, least <laughs> amount of choice. That's great. Three's a good number. Three's a good number. Incredible. <laughs> I, I really should post those. How cool are those graphs? Like this is the most stats I've ever brought into anything. Like you know, you could write a thesis out of that. I reckon you could. I should send you the article. I reckon you'd really get into it. It's a bit, but the, but the, I had to find it because it was an archive and I, I couldn't... I remember reading it ages ago and I think OkCupid actually like hit it because right. they've got such negative backlash um, from the statistics that they that had to bring oh, I hate out. when people backlash stats. Oh, we can't do anything about it. Anyway, if anyone's interested in that sort of stuff, I'll put, some, I'll put it up. I'll put the link up somewhere because... It's super interesting. I, I really enjoyed that sort of stuff. So, um, men, either fix up your photos in dating <laughs> websites or women... Um, or that also tells you that the most attractive men aren't on dating websites. Absolutely. They're already not. out there. They're out there. They're, they're already taken, buddy. Yeah. They, they, are, they are... Kieran is single <laughs> and on dating websites. That's why I asked before. Uh, Kieran, you got another article for us? Uh, this is a public service announcement. A gin taster is wanted. Company will hire you to travel the world, drink with friends. Turch, it's been great to work with you on this podcast. It's been absolutely fantastic. I'm off to travel the world to drink gin. Well, send us a postcard <laughs> and I'll have to find a new co-host. So would anyone like to come and rant with me? Uh, I've already assumed, assumed I've got the job. Uh, but if you have a real thirst for adventure and booze, a bar group in London 
is looking for parched patrons to travel the world sipping gin to stock a new bar that's scheduled to open in the fall. This is great market research. The owners of Mr. Fogg's... Oh, Fogg's. Is looking to stock it in a new Society of Exploration bar. A new Society of Exploration bar. bar. That sounds really... What the hell is that? Anyway, uh, you have 80 days to travel the world and drink gin and get shit-faced. That's pretty good. So it's just basically rollies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's called Midlife Crisis. Yeah, it's well, called Molly's. Molly's. <laughs> uh, don't say that too loudly, buddy, because that's another name for a drug. <laughs> oh, is it? What type of drug? Um, oh, I can't remember now. It's got to be some kind of, you know. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway... So, so I can travel the world. What what are the, what type of application or information in an application? Like, you know, what do you put on your CV? What do you mean? Oh, for that job? Yeah. What do you put? Like, you know, I've applied for jobs before. Uh, I I would just willing to get shit faced and travel. Love gin. Love Keep gin. it simple. Keep it simple. Oh, and Molly's MDMA. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what else do you have for us, Mr. Tooch? Uh, nothing, nothing too fancy. Let, let's have a look here. Let's have a look here. Uh, Kieran, every so often, I bring in an article about us. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, and apparently, what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. and then later on getting shit-faced on the weekend and eating kebabs together. Yeah is more satisfying than romantic relationships. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> so Jess, I'm very sorry, but the, st- the stats don't lie. Young men get more emotional satisfaction out of their bromances, close heterosexual friendships with other males, than they do out of their romantic relationships with women, according to a small new study published... In men and uh, men in masculinities, in uh, inmate male uh, intimate male friendships become more socially acceptable in recent years. Saying says the study authors, and it's largely a good thing. But they caution that the shift could lead to weaker bonds among dating or married couples, or even reduce the likelihood of men, women, and men pairing up at all. Goes with my study. <laughs> Man, all these articles are fantastic. I've also got one about ramen noodles. Let's hope that one there mixes it mixes in as well. Yeah, but the concept of bromance isn't new. George Washington wrote endearing letters to other men, and Abraham Lincoln shared a bed with his male friends for several years. But a close male companionship became more taboo in the second half of the 20th century due to the rise of homophobic sentiments and changing ideals of what masculinity should be. But in recent years, though, the bromance has become cool again, and the author says thanks to part of a high-profile celebrities uh, and movies like The 40-Year-Old Virgin... Uh, Romance has become cool again. And that's as simple as that. It's a b- pretty decent enough study. Um, authors found that uh, every single one of them reported at least uh, 30... Uh, se- they only surveyed 30 sex- uh, heterosexual men. Though, so, so small study. <laughs> yeah, but you just do some fancy stats. Yeah, boot, yeah. Bootstrap it and then uh, then you've got a sample size. Yeah, of exactly right. And, yeah. They, and they said that you know, every single one of them reported having at least one romantic friend with whom they've engaged no boundaries, behavior like sharing secrets, expressed love or sleeping in the same bed at some time or another. 29 out of the 30 men said they had cuddled with their bromantic partner. Now, this is where I bring an issue. We've done none of that. <laughs> we've never cuddled? I don't think we've cuddled. I don't think we've shared the same bed, but we- I have thrown dildos at you. <laughs> <laughs> we have cugged. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we've talked about politics without killing yeah. each other. Yeah. Um... What else have we done? We've drank lots of lots of alcohol. We have. We've, we have. Uh, we've talked about trains before. We've been to each other's work. Yep. And we run a podcast together. Yeah. Still haven't slept together though. Yeah. Well, we're well, in the same bed. I don't mean like fucking. I just mean like regular sort of sleep. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I get what you're saying. But well, again, I have to throw dildos at you while we'll, you're sleeping. Well, when I've been dildo shopping with you, so we'll we'll step it up. You know what? Fuck is all. We've been dildo shopping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true thing that we've done. <laughs> <sighs> That is that is the true sentiment of bromance. Uh, 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 so we're still going to get that lady on the show because she she gave us the most skeptical look when we said we're doing this for a podcast. Help us buy dildos. Oh, there's a butt plug. We'll take that too. 
That was she was just like they're yeah, okay. lying. Yeah, look at this small fucker. He's gonna fuck that big one's ass. So oh, that was funny. That was that was that good times. A couple, of, and that's still up on YouTube. So if you'd like to watch that episode, that that um. The, that was our New Year's special down down at Phillip Island with all the help from our lovely <laughs> friends. Um, I can't believe we got away with that somehow. Yeah. And uh, but you were uh, um, exposed. You had to go fight some fires at the time. So I, I I I did. I was called out for an emergency. Um, <clears throat> Turch, what is the healthiest fast food chain? Um, Chicken McNuggets. That's a that's a food with Big Mac sauce. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had to think about that for a little bit there. Oh, probably Subway. I reckon Subway, like, you know, an all lettuce thing on a baguette or something. It's not Subway. No. There we go. What, one more guess? Yeah, two more guesses. Two more guesses. All right. I reckon it's the, you know, the KFC thing where they have the piece of chicken and the piece of cheese and the chicken. I think it's that one there. It's KFC. You mean the Tower Burger? Is that the Tower Burger? Don't know, but it's not KFC. <laughs> Uh, is this Last Ameri- chance. Is this American based at all? Or? It is American based. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go then In and Out Burger. Not In and Out uh, Burger. It's Taco Bell. Taco Bell <laughs> is the healthiest fast food chain in America. Really? Taco Bell has become one of the healthiest fast food restaurants in America. Missy Shapapahoek. Nailed it. <laughs> Taco Bell's dietitian and product developer tells. I don't even know who the fuck Delish is. Anyway, some person that the company focuses on serving all natural ingredients has switched over to cage-free eggs and has made a 15% reduction in sodium across all menu items. It's pretty good. According to the nutrition page, they've made menu improvements in the past. The chain also offers low-calorie menu and a vegetarian menu certified by the American Vegetarian Association. So is this across the board? Like we should have a we, we we should have a podcast association. We should start it. Yeah, the Melbourne-based one. Yeah, and then we can charge people for no particular reason. That sounds good. Yeah, I can do that. I'm into that sort of thing. Um, so but, see, this is something they always say like, oh, this is the healthiest fast food, right? And you're talking Taco Bell, which is Mexican food. Yeah. But what do they mean by that? Like, do they go? Like the average calories out of all meals, and they go like you know, and then it's like the average lowest calorie per meal. Because at the end of the day, like if I order like a family bucket and eat it myself, <laughs> Turch, don't dispute the news articles. We never dispute the news articles here on the We Only Do One Take podcast. No, we only report. We, we only report. report. And in fact, if they've done their own study to determine that they're the healthiest, my God, we're going to believe it. <laughs> that's that's how studies work. When have we? When have we ever been skeptical, Turch? I don't think we. I ever mean, ignore have. the first half of the show. But <laughs> when have we ever been skeptical of stats? <laughs> or, no, but I, you know, you go to McDonald's and they go, "Oh, they've got the healthy menu." But I can't imagine too many. One, too many people ordering it, and two, you know, yeah, okay, if you're ordering a salad, it's going to be healthy. I mean, I've heard things of people going to, like, you know. Uh, a formal dinner and having more calories in a meal than a fart, like you know, a, a Big Mac and a, a, a medium Coke and fries, because mm. people would go into like Big Mac and that, like a Big Mac, and and they've got that's it. Like if they go to a fancy restaurant, have like you know two or three courses, more than likely you're going to have more calories in that meal because you know a, a, a fancy restaurant's going to give you a good portion size of each, and they want to show you things and this and that. Lots of flavors and stuff like that, and you probably eat more at a fancy restaurant because of that. Unless it's really fancy, then, then you get less. Then you actually get less. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like you know, I went to this uh, the Asian restaurant and the story about the cold, not, not enough cold water, and they, you know, nice place, upper class sort of place. Had to, you know, place you had to book to get a table on a Saturday. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't go anywhere without a reservation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but they say, you know, it's not just a walk-in sort of place. You have to book it all in. And I'm sure I ate more calories in that meal than I would have, you know, if I just ordered 20 chicken McNuggets. But, Turch, out of all the places you've been, do you think that's the healthiest place in Melbourne? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you know, I've got an Italian mum. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she does yell at me to eat more. Eat, uh, eat, eat, eat more. Yeah. Eat. Oh, she's lovely. I love her. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, I used to work with a with a client whose um, family were Macedonian. Mm-hmm. Is that a yep. is that a thing? Yeah. That's anyway, thing. anyway, the amount of food they like, I'd walk through the door and yeah. just, oh, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. That's it. It's, it, it. I think with uh, with, I guess you know European. I guess you know Western Europe European cultures like you know the Mediterranean sort of sort of area. Food was, um, you know. It was all mostly, uh, especially where I'm from, anyway, mostly ag- agricultural. So for us, food was, you know, having a good, like, you know, a, like the good parts of a, of an animal was a rarity because you either grew it, like, you know, brought up the animal, and you know, instead of just having, like, you know, we would just have like the chops or just have, you know, the the T-bone. Mm. You know, we can go down to the butcher and do that. There, like, you know, okay, we we killed a cow, we're eating, you know. F- Everything we possibly can. Yeah. You know, like nothing was left to waste. So a lot of the time they were eating the grizzled, terrible parts. And so when they came, you know, my non and Nunu came to Australia and they talk about food here. It's like everything's here. Everything is still fresh. Everything's beautiful. Everything is like tender, lovely. There's, you know, there's fresh fruit all the time. I don't have to grow it myself. I don't, you know, and with meat. So when they can... And I think this is that why they do it because they go, we can afford to buy the best meat all the time because we've worked hard and, you know, and it's affordable. And because we've worked hard, we can do that. So when you go over and have dinners with them, they want not only want to eat the best when they're by themselves, but you're coming, you're the guest. And a guest always got the best bit of meat, but now the best bit of meat can happen all the time. Mm, so and, the world we live in is just absolutely amazing. Well, that's capitalism for you. What can I say? That is just <laughs> fantastic. That is just. But it's a good thing, and it's it's really lovely. Like the the act of sharing a meal with with family, you know, with your grandparents who like you know my nonna will spend all day all morning just making gnocchi. Oh, you know what I mean. Oh, and yeah, gnocchi, it takes yeah. Her, it takes her like you know three to four hours. Injecting. Do you know I made gnocchi once? It's tough, it's right? Really, it's really tricky. And I started at about seven o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> going, going. Oh, this will be ready by like eight thirty. No. I would have to be like midnight. Yes. By the time I actually like ate the meal, going, yeah. I'm never making this again. Yeah. Like pasta, quick pasta. Gnocchi is a different beast altogether. Like my nonna will wake up like five thirty in the morning just to make gnocchi, and at midday she's made enough for the whole family. Mm. Like you're talking, you know. You know, like, you know, 15, 20 people who come over. And everyone eats it in, like, two minutes because, you know, it's a bowl of pasta. Like, you know, how long can you take to eat it? But she loves it because she's put all that hard effort and work and, and love into making that for everyone to enjoy. Mm. And that's the beauty of it, you know? Real, and that's a part of the culture I really, really admire, really, really love, and I hope that one day I can pass on, you know? And I hope I pass it on to my mates when they come over and... Actually, you got to try the homemade salami. It's really I was about to say, there must be some kind of salami <laughs> or something. I'm sure we can pop some out. Oh, well, Kieran, we might uh, wrap it up there. And eat some salami. That sounds great. I uh, know. Good timing. <laughs> and it is my brother's birthday when this episode will be released. So happy birthday to my brother. How old is he now? Uh, 22. 22. 22. Fantastic. And all he does is like uh, work at a university. Oh, what a loser. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for all you lovely wankers out there, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Instagram, and Facebook. We always we're posting stuff all the time on the Instagram and Facebook, so definitely check all that out. Um, if you'd like to email us a rant, please email us that we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. You can access all that sort of stuff on our Facebook and our SoundCloud account as well. Um, which is nice and easy to do. Kieran, thank you for another fantastic episode. Always good, my coup. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, CEO. <laughs> and we will see you all, you lovely wankers, next. See you next Thursday. <laughs> that was me doing a guitar. I'll put I'll put the music in now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs>